everybody, and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I consider it a privilege to be with you every Thursday. If you are joining me for the first time, welcome. I run a ministry called Living with Power. You can find it online at livingwithpower.org. And I uh, tell you a couple of things about myself. I guess I don't always uh, do that. I'm a doctor. I practiced pediatric ER for about 18 years. And in the last three years, three to five years, I've been doing telemedicine. I practice on the phone and it's awesome. I uh, show up here weekly at the podcast, but we've got a ministry that has tons of Bible teaching resources. We also do global work. We have a nonprofit that sends out regular help and supports lives of refugees in Lebanon, Syrian refugees, as well as uh, any disastrous areas right now. A big disaster in my home country with the Lebanese economy, the Lebanese uh, bomb last summer, just a lot of things that uh, have happened that have uh, led to just a disarray and desperate, desperate need of the people back in the Middle East. And so, um, so many of you have supported this work that we do, and we are so grateful. You can catch regular updates of this at livingwithpower.org on our global page and if you'd like to contribute towards that we'd love for you to be partnering with us and if you're just here to check it out hey we're glad to have you every week people send me questions about life faith and culture or anything in between uh, they're sent to dear lena at livingwithpower.org and uh, i try to address uh, the questions uh, using biblical truth for everyday life every week i give you three bullet point ideas of what i think about the question and uh uh, by and large, uh, I've gotten great feedback from you guys, and I'm grateful that you keep showing up. So let me give you today's question. It says, Dear Lena, why are so many Christians so caught up in conspiracy theories these days? <laughs> I, I like this question a lot because I, I, I find conspiracy theories just so interesting, and I, I'm sure you do too. Maybe you, you have been a person who believes in them. Uh, people have dedicated their uh, social media, their free time, their, I mean, their whole lives to conspiracy theories. And uh, uh, I, I got to be honest with you, some of them sounds like crazy ideas. And I've never been one to believe in UFOs and, and crazy things like that. But some of the stuff that's coming around now is, uh, is just out of this world. Uh, nonetheless, a lot of people, by the way, not just Christians. In fact, I don't know the percentage of Christians who get caught up in conspiracy theories versus non-Christians who do. But I can certainly tell you that, that a lot of Christians seem to be uh, caught up in them, uh, especially as it pertains to the COVID vaccine, as it pertains to the QAnon. I think that there's been a great association between people who call themselves evangelicals, followers of Jesus and this, these conspiracy theories. Now, if you're one of those people, again, I respect you being here. I thank you for coming on, and I uh, really will do my best not to um, offend you and yet to speak the truth of God in a loving way. So thank you all uh, for checking in. And here's my three thoughts of why uh, so many Christians are caught up in conspiracy theories. Incidentally, before I give you the three put thoughts, uh, you will need to, to think about this because inevitably somebody you know is caught up in conspiracy theories. And you're going to need to think about how to best love them and how to have uh, healthy conversations with them. So here's number one, because uh, the reason that so many Christians are caught up in conspiracy theories is because, number one, of a misapplication and knowledge of God's word. So uh, uh, I, I think way too many Christians are not as familiar with God's word as they like to think they are, especially as it pertains to end time events, because so many of the conspiracy theories really have to do with sort of the end time events. And I think we have a superficial knowledge of, of what those things are. So everybody's heard of the mark of the beast. Everybody's heard of, you know, sort of tribulation and sort of end time things. And I think we've just taken that. And rather than truly understand and, under, and study and apply God's word correctly, there's a huge misapplication of, and knowledge of God's word. We don't understand God's word well enough to recognize the lies. The biggest 
place that lies grow and flourish is in a place of um, uh, ignorance, bottom line. And, uh, and you cannot begin uh, to fight the lies until and unless you're established in the truth. I, my pastor used to give this illustration all the time growing up in Lebanon. He, you know, would tell the story of, of uh, uh, you know, this like FBI unit or whatever that uh, was all about finding out whether money was real or not, you know. And, and so, and so this guy was asking this expert, like, how can you tell, you know, if this is a fake you know, $20 bill, and the guy, you know, who was trained to do the job was like, I don't need to know the fakes, I just need to know the truth. And I think um, too many of us are spending, uh, too many Christians who get caught up in conspiracy theories are spending way more time studying conspiracy than studying God's word. And I think that needs to be reversed tremendously. Uh, by the way, I think that we're all guilty of that, regardless of conspiracy theories. I think we spend way more time studying opinions and controversies than we do the studying and the application of God's word. And I think this is dangerous, and I think there's a huge lack of knowledge. I think in the Old Testament, I can't remember which of the prophets, Amos maybe says, my people will die from lack of knowledge. They'll starve from lack of knowledge. And I think this is happening in the church now. We have such a superficial knowledge of God's word and, and, and a misapplication of the truth. And so we have manipulated God's word to suit our political opinions and our political parties. We make God's word fit where we want it to do. Listen, the Bible is not a handbook for politics. It is a book of life. It is a book that guides us to God. It is not a political manifesto. And so you cannot take it and make it about your country, or no matter where you live, your political party or your political opinion. You gotta be careful. So there's a huge misapplication and, uh, and knowledge of God's word, and that is one of the main reasons that Christians get caught up in conspiracy theories. Here's a second big idea. The other reason is that because of a misplaced priorities as to what matters the most in life. I really believe Christians who are caught up in conspiracy theories have their priorities upside down. They're misplaced. We have made people who don't know God our enemy. I mean, that is, that is not to be. The world is not the enemy. People who don't believe in Jesus Christ are not the enemy. They are the soil that needs to be watered with the word of God and the love of God and, and the knowledge of God. You know, think about that. Since when did Christians become us against them? And it's like there's this big wall dividing, you know, we are Christians on this side and you are not Christians on the other, rather than have the compassion. Remember, Paul used to go to the temple and he got arrested in the temple. He didn't care. He was warned, in fact, by the elders in the church. Don't go because one of the guy's daughters had this prophecy and this dream. They said to him, you're going to suffer if you go. And he still went. Why? Because he had a burden for the people people who didn't know the Lord. And he gave his life so that people would know the Lord. And here we have made people who don't agree with us the enemy. And remember what Jesus says about the enemy. He says, love them. And you certainly are not loving them by setting up these barriers and, and using these conspiracy theories to further divide um, people who don't know God from the knowledge of God. We have made our own comfort our priority in life. You talk about misplaced priorities. The greatest thing that most evangelical you know, vocal conspiracy theorists seem to want is their own comfort. Right? Don't touch me. I want to stay protected and, and I want my own, you know, I want this country to be like it used to be. And, and there's this chasing of comfort. And, 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 and you might say, well, what's wrong with that, man? What's wrong with, with living in a country that is stable? Well, nothing except that it, the story doesn't end up this way. If you read Revelation, there's not going to be peace until Jesus comes back and sets up a new world and a new way. 
And so can God's kingdom be seen here on this earth? For sure, but not in political wars and arguments. Rather, it is in those actions that most of us belittle. It is, it is seeing the needy. It is loving the desperate. It is, it is giving, expecting nothing in return. It is doing to the least of these. You, you see the difference. This is the upside down kingdom of God. It is not about politics. It is all about showing, living the life that Christ lived here on earth. And so um, how have we misplaced our priorities? We make our comfort our priority. We make people who don't know God the enemy. And we have forgotten that we are already safe and guarded. There's this fight for safety and security and protection. People are like, I'm going to have a gun because I need to have a gun because I need to protect my family. And while I I really try to be sensitive to that growing up around, you know, a country that was destroyed because everybody had a gun. I can tell you that as a Christian, our strength and our stability comes from, by the way, I grew up in Lebanon, a huge civil war, most of my childhood years until we moved at age 15. And so listen, what, if, what we need to remind ourselves and the hope that we have is that we are already safe and guarded. God has marked our days. He knows when our life will end. He has protected us. He, we have safety in him. No one can touch us. And so our priorities need to realign to what matters the most. We're not looking for safety in this world because our citizenship is in heaven. We're, our, we're not to invest into this world. In fact, in fact, the whole premise of, of, of building kingdoms in heaven is to, is to have a mindset on heaven. And what is it that you are saving and treasuring in your life? And I think everything that we do, the words that we speak, the, the attention that we give, where we spend our money, what we invest in will, will reflect where our heart is. So People who get caught up in conspiracy theories, misapplication of God's word, misplaced priorities, and number three, because of a misunderstanding of their role in end times events, because of a misunderstanding of our role in end time events. Um, we are not to be the savior of the world, but to point to the savior. I, I, I watching sometimes the conspiracy theorists and, and people who have really been caught up with Christian nationalism. Um, it's, there's a sense, what, what do, you, do you honestly think a human is going to save the world? Do you honestly think a political party is going to save the world? Do you honestly think that, that that's going to help? We only have one savior, and it's not you, and it's not me, and it's not a political party, and it is not a candidate who will run for office and save us, but it is Jesus Christ alone. He's the only savior. And, and I, I think this is of utmost importance as it even pertains to end-time events, because, again, you go back to we are not to fight the world, but to win the world. Even if you look at the book of Revelation, you, you know what Christians were called to in the book of Reve the Revelation? Ironically, when you look at the seven churches, over and over again, the call was not to fight the world. The call was to repent. The call was to revival. So the more we move into a world where it feels like we're living in the tribulation, our focus should not be how to change them, how to fight them, how to show them. No, our, it should be an inward look at our lives. Look at the seven churches in, in Revelation and study, man, where do I lie in this? And, and, and over and over again, a repentance and a calling back to your first love, to be separate from the world, to live more purely, and on and on and on. And so, again, over and over again, we're watching uh, the church takes uh, take its or or maybe not the church as a whole but pockets of the church take their playbook action by uh, the world and we're following the same strategies and and when it comes to conspiracy theories we need to be careful 
uh, lest we um, lose our witness, I think already uh, losing our witness, and I think we need to be careful lest we be partially responsible for so many men and women who uh, are waiting and dying to hear about the hope of Jesus Christ. And if we could just spend more time in studying God's word and praying together with other believers and then in thinking through strategically how uh, to, ch to be changed, but then how to love radically so that those around us would look in awe. Remember, when you think about the early dis disciples, when you think about uh, Peter and Paul, I mean, Paul multiple times talks about in, in, in the New Testament about how he had a conscience that was pure, that, was, that he had a, a, a good conscience before God and man. So while people disagreed with Paul's uh, opinions, he always argued with respect he always argued with the only. I remember, there's one incident where Paul um, is taken to to court and acts, and and he um, uh, says something to the high priest, and it comes across as rude, and the high priest, you know, they they, they uh, yell at him, and and he and he apologizes, and it's interesting to watch that interaction because I I think Paul sort of you know got out of line for a second, and, and I, I like that God's word is clear about that, but right away, Paul like says, okay, you know, I didn't know you were the high priest. So this is in Acts chapter 23. Uh, God, Paul says to the high priest, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Are you sitting to judge me according to the law? And yet, contrary to law, you order me to be struck. So here's Paul who was innocent, and, and he was probably a little bit emotional there. And so those who stood by in Acts 3, he says, would you revile God's high priest? And Paul says, I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak of a ruler of your people. And so it was Paul who wrote the verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, verse 22. I'll just take you to that verse. And uh, he writes this, and I think when it comes to how we ought to interact with uh, other believe, uh, with other people in this era where we might disagree or might have questions about conspiracy theories, here's, here's uh, what Paul writes. He says, to the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. Uh, in fact, starting before that, let's go back to uh, uh, verse 19. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law that I might win um, those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. This is incredible. And so um, maybe that's you and you've been taken by conspiracy theory. Um, I'm not asking you to check out your brain. I'm not asking you to, uh, to blindfoldedly follow the sheep and agree with everything. I'm not, I'm not asking you to become brainwashed by culture. On the contrary, I'm asking you to, uh, to consider whether you need to be living in a higher plane. And that higher plane is a biblical plane uh, that is, invests more time studying God's word and praying through how to win the culture and how to reach uh, people who are lost for Christ than it takes, than the time that you're investing in how to create a world uh, that meets your approval in terms of comfort. And uh, Jesus is coming back. Listen, whether uh, there is something going on that is outside their reach, whether those conspiracy theories are right or wrong, Jesus is coming back someday. And what I long for and what I pray in my life is that I be, first of all, living uh, before the Lord, uh, the kind of life that uh, is uh, pure and holy and obedient and growing. And, that, and then, and then uh, after that, uh, that I'm living with others in a way that is honoring to Jesus and uh, uh, making the, the best use of the time, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So let's do that. Let's redeem the time. We don't have a lot of it. 
I, uh, I think as we enter this, this year, the season of, of uh, uh, living in this culture, it's going to be very interesting to figure out how to live out your Christian life. Uh, we've got greater censorship happening. Our views differ so much from uh, the biblical worldview, dif differ so much from the cultural worldview right now. I think we're all going to be facing some level of cancel culture and persecution. There's no question in that. So I think we're going to have to pick our battles. Uh, in fact, I would say we shouldn't be picking our battles. We should really be in a place where we're sensitive to allow the Holy Spirit to pick our battles for us and uh, to be in a place where we're so solidly standing firm on God's love and his plans for our life that nothing will move us. So I, I pray that's you and I pray that we can be humble enough to admit when we're wrong and uh, I thank you for checking in. I know for those of you who uh, might be Christians listening to this, maybe this was a, a challenging episode to listen to, uh, or maybe you are um, you know, sort of thinking, yeah, man, that's how it should be. If that's you, be patient with the people in your life who uh, really go by conspiracy theories. Just be, love them. Uh, try to dig into why they believe the conspiracy theories or what their fear is, and maybe try to speak to the fear as opposed to argue the theory. I think that's an important principle to end with. So as usual, if you have any questions for me, send them to Lena at live, dear Lena at livingwithpower.org. I will see you again next week. Hey, I'd love for you to join us on Thursday nights. We've got a free online Bible study on our Facebook page, which you can access by going to livingwithpower.org. Top of the page, you get instructions. Uh, you can also find a ton of free resources at our website and on our app. Love you guys. I am praying for you, and I uh, am asking God to lead us uh, in a greater unity, particularly in the church, but also to bring us to a place of revival. If you agree with me, shoot me an email and let me know, and I'll catch you again next week. 